morning, church. You make your way to your seats. Let's uh, stand to our feet together. And let's encourage each other from Isaiah 52, starting in verse 7. We'll read this aloud together. Starting in verse 7, how beautiful are the feet, how beautiful on the mountain. There we go. Let's read this together. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the herald who proclaims peace, who brings news of good things, who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. The voices of your watchmen, they lift up their voices, shouting for joy together, for every eye will see when the Lord returns to Zion. Be joyful, rejoice together, you ruins of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has displayed his holy arm in the sight of all the nations. All the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. Do you believe that? Amen. Let's worship together. Proclaim together that Jesus is risen.
church so let's sing our guts out this morning
to take their next steps toward Christ. My name is Alan, and it is so great to join and worship with you all today. Thank you so much for joining together as we worship our Lord. If you are a guest here today, whether online or here in person, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. We want to extend a special welcome to you. We would love to connect with you. One way we can do that is through a Connect card. A Connect card is a little strip of paper. It's in the back of the pew in front of you. If you would pull that out and fill that out, that'll let us know how we can be praying for you, how we can serve you. Then after service, if you like, you can exit through these central doors and turn left. There you'll see our next steps desk. You can turn that card in there, meet someone who would be happy to answer any questions that you may have, and also give you a free gift. So welcome guests. We're so glad that you're here today. We're going to transition now to a moment of prayer. I invite you to please pray with me. And also, as, as we pray, please prepare your hearts for an act of worship that we'll take part in later in, their, in our service. That's our time of offerings and givings. So please join me in prayer. Good morning, Father. We thank you on this fall Sunday morning for who you are and all that you've done for us. 
Lord, this morning, we lift up to you our core value of joyful hospitality. You've been so hospitable to us, Lord. We thank you, Father, for freely inviting us into your family. You have welcomed us like a prodigal son far from home to come into your loving embrace and enjoy life with you. Thank you for showing us such undeserved kindness and love. And Lord, I ask that you would help us, help me to reflect that more and more in our daily lives. Help us to reflect your hospitality with those around us. We pray for opportunities, even this week, small or large, that you would give us. That you would even give us creativity to know how we can apply this to our lives, that we would reflect you and be hospitable in the lives of our neighbors and our friends and church members around us. Lord, this morning we also lift up to you the Richard family, Chris and Rhonda, Hannah and Kinley. We thank you for these IMB missionaries who have gone out from our midst with a call to international missions now in Argentina. Thank you, Lord, for this amazing family. And we miss them, but we're also so grateful that they have said yes to your call. And we pray now for them. We pray that you would be with them, that you would keep them and hold them, encourage them. I pray that they wouldn't be lonely, but that they would experience your presence with them. We pray, Lord, that you would allow a church planning movement to begin in their city and that you would use them. Bless them as they build friendships and relationships, as they grow in learning the language. We pray that you would help in every part of these steps. We pray for their practical needs. We pray for their girls still learning in, in a new environment, in a new school system with, with new friends and a new language, that you would help them in this time. We also pray for Rhonda. We pray for her health as she's experienced an increase in migraine frequency recently. Please bless the Richard family. I pray they would know of your encouragement from us and that you would use them in a mighty way even today. Lord, finally, we come to you as the great Savior of our souls. We come to you once again reminded this week that we are in great need of your saving. We come to you with sins and brokenness in our heart. And in this moment, we confess to you, Lord, that we have fallen short this past week of your glory. Please forgive us, Lord. Forgive us for not showing your hospitality to others around us, for not reflecting your love, for thinking of ourselves instead of others. Lord, please forgive us for our many, many sins. And we thank you for Jesus, who did not sin, but was perfect in all that he did on his, you know, his, his ministry and his life on earth, and that he died so that he could pay for our sins. And he rose again so that we can be forgiven and experience victory and hope in eternal life. So, Lord, we continue to praise you and worship you and thank you for all you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The good news for those of us who are in Christ, who have turned from sin and trusted in Christ, who have confessed our sins just now, and, and uh, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And we can sing hallelujah. Praise the Lord because it is all of God. And he has been so good to us. Would you stand to your feet and let's sing that together.
once was lost in darkest night, yet thought I knew the way, the sin that promised joy in life had led me to the grave. I had no hope that you would own a rebel to your will, and if you had not loved me first, I would refuse you But as I ran my heavens, indifferent to the cause, you looked upon my helpless state and led me to the cross. And I beheld God's love displayed, you suffered in my place, you bore the wrath for me now all I know is grace sing hallelujah church hallelujah all I have is Christ hallelujah Jesus is my life hallelujah
Well, good morning. morning. Turn in your copy of God's Word or in your devices to Matthew chapter 9 and verse 9. Matthew 9 and verse 9. If you want to follow along in the translation I'm reading from, it's page 862 and the Pew Bibles that are in front of you. We are continuing our series in Matthews 8 and 9 and looking at the miracles that Jesus performed. We've seen often that we, uh, what we would see obvious miracles of Jesus healing someone or calming the sea. Or, uh, but as we looked in the last few weeks, there's, there's even greater miracles in what God does in the human heart. And today we're going to look even more at this as we look at the miracle of sinners becoming followers. So let's look together as we read the call of Matthew. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the toll, toll booth and said to him, follow me. And he got up and followed him. While he was reclining at the table in the house, many tax collectors and sinners came to eat with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Now when he heard this, he said, Is it not those who are well who need a doctor, but those who are sick? Go learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we have sung, may we see you. And may we see your son Jesus clearly and expectantly in these words and in our life. God, may we see ourselves, may we see who we truly are, and may we be diagnosed by you, the great physician. And may you, by your spirit, and specifically now by your word, heal us and change us. In Jesus' name. So for better or for worse, Sarah and I really love murder mystery shows and movies. And so for good or for bad, you know, we like to get caught up in that. But if you need someone to dispose of body, we might know a few ways now. You know, we, of following these shows and movies, you get the kind of the teaching of some of the great detectives. You know, you get to, to see and learn from Sherlock Holmes or Hercule Perrault from Murder on the Orient Express, or Sean and Gus from Psych, or maybe the greatest detective ever, Scooby-Doo. <laughs> of all of these, we learn from the detectives that it's observation that matters. And sometimes it's seeing the very first most obvious thing that actually might be an extraordinary thing later on, that gives you a clue. So when we look at this account of Matthew, just so we're clear, the, the one who writes the gospel, the one who was a tax collector and now is a, a, a follower of Jesus, he comes to be a follower of Jesus. What is different? When we read this, Jesus comes to a man sitting in a tax office and says to him, follow me, and he follows him. Why Matthew, of all people? Why did Jesus call this man? In Mark's version, as we said, that a lot of Matthew is uh, ascribed also in Mark and Luke and, 
And sometimes John, and this one, Mark and Luke, is, is also tells this story. We see that Mark replies that the crowds were pressing in on Jesus. As the crowds were around him, he noticed a guy sitting in a tax booth. You know, I look at this observationally, just walking in and say, all these people want to be around Jesus. And the most uninterested man in meeting Jesus, he goes to him and calls him to follow him. Why Matthew? Because it shows us the miracle of sinners becoming followers. The miracle that not of anything to do with ourselves, that Jesus meets us where we are, calls us out, saves us, and puts us in his family to follow him, to be a forever family member. It's a miracle because we were disinterested in God, yet God broke through to us and showed us his son, Jesus Christ, and saved us to become followers. It is Christ's mission and work. He came to seek and save the lost. And in this event, we see that why Matthew, because it displays this wonderful miracle of Jesus coming to earth and calling out the least expecting of us to follow him. And in God's saving grace, he does an amazing work. And also as we read this, we sort of see the mission of the church, that we join Jesus in his mission, that we likewise go to those who are most not like us, far from God, with the good news of Jesus. And if we understand that we are continuing the work of Jesus to seek and save the lost, then it helps and challenges us to see this mission that we have as a body of people saved by grace, going with the grace of God with the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, if this is the case of the mission of the church, it leaves very little room for shallow Christianity. It leaves very little room for people who want to be Christian in name only and not be involved in God's mission. It also, as we will read, weeds out any that might have a pharisaical spirit, that there's someone out there that isn't worth or hasn't lived up or doesn't deserve to hear about God's grace in Jesus Christ. That it would challenge us in who we are to know that we are both a church that is on mission for Christ, that we are battle ready for spiritual warfare and going out to save, seek and save the lost, but also to guard our hearts to know that we are welcoming of sinners, that we are welcoming of those who need Christ the most. I'm going to tell you, this is not the most popular church model in our culture. It's not the most grandiizing idea because it really challenges us to be like Jesus. And it really challenges us to be a faithful follower. As a matter of fact, Andrew Hebert, a pastor, tweeted this out, and 
I recall it and share it with a lot of different people. He, he says this, Pastors, when you lead your church to be something like a warship or a hospital ship, don't be surprised when those who want a cruise ship decide to abandon ship. Unfortunately, that's kind of the response of many. That when we are challenged to be like Christ the most, it breaks through the inconveniences that we have in our life. And as a Christian, we know that we have been called to reach those who are far from God, to call them to follow. As followers of Jesus, we should be overwhelmed by his grace, knowing that we have received much, and now we have much to give to the world. I'm thankful for the vast majority of Hebrew Baptist Church are those who are growing in maturity and faithful living to reaching out to sinners. But maybe we should pause and consider ourselves. Do, are we faithful as Jesus is faithful? Are we reaching those who are far from God and leaving room for them in our life? Are we being faithful to God and his word and yet also being a place to welcome sinners. In this passage, there are three truths about following Jesus. If you're taking notes on your bulletin or in your phone, number one, you don't have to have it all together to follow Jesus. You don't have to have it all together to follow Jesus. Now, that's a good news. That, that's good news. When we read this, when we focus in on Matthew and where he was, in his life, we see the reality of the miracle of Jesus taking a sinner, becoming a follower, and that those who follow have never been qualified candidates. They were never anyone who, but on the outside, about their life would be someone that if God was going to leave an a earthly and revolutionary movement of Christianity, those would not be even in our top 100 list of people. But in his sovereign grace and glory, he chose people that he saw that was willing to follow him. But instead, Jesus in his sovereign plan chose them who were far from him, that were rough around the edges, that were unqualified because in Jesus we are forgiven and in Jesus we become qualified. According to Matthew, we read this story. Now, Matthew's version of his own calling is very humble, meaning that it's very short. He doesn't brag on himself. When you look at Mark and Luke, it's a little longer and a little more detailed. But we read in chapter 4, Matthew tells of the calling of Peter, Andrew, James, and John. And then later in chapter 10, he calls, it says he calls the rest of the 12 apostles. And right here in the middle, Matthew places himself. But it's, I think it's really beautiful of the writer here. It, it's like Rembrandt, the famous painter, when he paints the crucifixion. And, and you see in this picture Jesus on the cross, and yet you see among them the people that you would expect to see, the soldiers, the women, the people jeering in the crowd. And yet, in the very corner, Rembrandt paints his own face 
places himself in that scene almost to say here I am among these people I know it's my sin that put him here or later on fast forward to the 20th century the producer of the uh, of the uh, the Christian movie um, the cross of Christ or the passion of the Christ one of the producers filmed himself in the scene where they're nailing Jesus to the cross he is one of the hands that nails the cross into Jesus not to get his face not to get notoriety but instead I am not of the people who are here defending Jesus or accusing Jesus I'm just here because I know that it is my sins that hung him here there and I think here also Matthew we see when we see about Jesus came to call sinners we see this beautiful picture of a tax collector who was on the side of the road had nothing to do with Jesus but Jesus came and entered in and changed his life forever and in a beautiful way Matthew was saying this is me I was counted among the sinners and Jesus invited me in see tax collectors as Matthew was was totally different than what we imagine tax collectors in this Western world you might be friends with an IRS agent or uh, someone who works for the government in that way maybe local governments who do that in many ways we know that when it's tax season all of us uh, cringe and want to be a little tight-fisted when that comes around but in the ancient world tax collectors were totally different looked upon totally different even today because in them it was as if they had been counted with the occupiers they have changed teams and that time Rome had overtaken most of the world and, and to keep peace they had their soldiers there but in the same way they collected taxes from all over the realm and in doing so they they got locals to collect the tax that were able to do it on livestock and land and all sorts of different things but they were contracted to do a certain amount to send to Rome but it was free for those tax collectors to collect as much as they want and it was known readily that those tax collectors would always lie cheat and steal that they would collect more than they needed to in pocket a lot of it for themselves and in essence these tax collectors chose a way of life that clashed with God's law and that got rich by it and tax collectors were unacceptable politically unacceptable religiously and unacceptable socially because they were traitor and thieves and tax collectors were not able and welcomed at the synagogue but here surprising to everyone Jesus called tax collector Jesus called someone who was estranged who was a thief who was one that no one cared for and in a miracle Matthew was converted our passage shows this how do we see it well Matthew got up and followed Jesus he followed him Real faith shows itself in deeds, and, and our deeds will show it when we are saved. Matthew did not leave his occupation frivolously. 
God does not call us to, uh, if we can be faithful most of the time. He wants us to be faithful where we are, work where we are, in our family and with our friends, to be faithful when we come to him. But if we identify any aspect of our life that is contrary to the goal of following Jesus, then we should leave it. In a lifestyle of cheating people, Matthew realized he could not faithfully follow Jesus and stay that way. Secondly, we, Matthew left everything to follow Jesus. This is one of the things that we say Matthew didn't talk about, but over in Luke, Luke said, Matthew left everything. Can you imagine the lifestyle he had built for himself, the riches, the wealth that he had, the, the, the way that he could continue to live, even though jeered by many, was comfortable. And Matthew left everything to follow Jesus. And we know, because we've read, that Matt, Jesus calls us to leave and be willing to leave anything to follow him. And also we see Matthew brought his friends to Jesus. Now, friends, were they friends or were they acquaintances in a big scheme? One way or the other, we see that Jesus, uh, Matthew, invited other tax collectors and sinners to meet Jesus. What a miracle. What an absolute miracle that Christ chooses messed up people to follow him and continues his, to continue his mission when he's gone. He did not choose the highest in society. He chose sinners, people who does, don't have it all together. So dear brother and sister, I hope that when you see these words and read these words that you see yourself that you are encouraged because you are known and loved by God and that Jesus chose you right where you are in every aspect of you are all your failures all your mistakes all your running from God all your thievery all your anxieties all your anger all your everything that you are God saw you and loved you and called you out to follow him what amazing grace that Jesus has come to us to save us right where we are dear brother and sister be reminded of this that you have been chosen by God and be reminded of this regularly because I know the road is hard I know that life is difficult I know that being faithful in this age is very hard. You face the sins of others. You're wrestling with your own sin. You're being impacted by the health and sin that is happening in this world, in your body, in the world. It's most difficult knowing to faithfully follow Jesus. And the pressures of this world can press down on us and really can press us to know that we get to a point that we're, can we even be used by God? We want to give up. We get tricked by Satan to say, is there even a place for me here? Is there a place for me to, to live? I'm, I'm so overwhelmed. Brother, sister, see this. You are chosen and loved by God all the failures and mistakes and troubles and burdens that you experience God loves you and has chosen you and adores you 
and has even chosen you to play an important role in redeeming the world to his son, Jesus Christ. So don't listen to Satan and his lies, but, but be reminded of the glory of God and Jesus Christ who chose you before the foundation of the world, who chose you in all your failures and weaknesses, who loves you. Never forget that. And be reminded that even in the days are hard, that you are always loved. And to you, maybe who are here by invitation of a friend, or maybe you were scrolling on Facebook and stopped to watch a video. Maybe you're intrigued by Jesus. You're trying to figure out who he is, exploring Christianity. You want to know who Jesus is. And you know that you want to follow Jesus. And you might even mentally assent to who he might be. I encourage you, brother or sister, follow Jesus. You know, one of the walls that I hear about coming to faith in Christ often is, you know, I really, before I follow Jesus, I need to get my life together. I need to, I need to work something out before I follow Jesus. You know, I've got these problems over here, and you know, once I get that cleared up, I'm going to follow Jesus. Brother, sister, if you're here today and that is your excuse, might I offer you exhibit A, Matthew? He didn't have it all together. And can I maybe offer to you exhibits four billion? The rest of us Christians who've come to faith in Jesus Christ, who none of us had it together. It is in that grace and mercy that Jesus came to us. And so if you, as we have been reading and we've been seeing these miracles of Jesus where he heals the sick, drives out the demons, the wind and waves obey him, that he heals the centurion's uh, servant, that he heals uh, Peter's mom, and you see this and you come to an understanding that Jesus is who he says he is, that he is the son of God, that he did die on the cross for your sin, and that there is no other way but faith in him to come to Jesus Christ follow Jesus and live don't make excuses don't wait for yourself to be cleaned up because that's what Jesus work is going to be doing in you put your faith in Jesus now don't delay trust in him and today can be the day of miracles for you and look at the miracles that we read and we see what Jesus has done and in the same way that who we are just like Matthew sitting on the side of the road far from God Jesus can come into us and save us and we can follow him there's an old hymn that actually we've sung recently at certain conferences and I've heard and read listened to different versions of it there's one that's got a refrain and one that doesn't but listen to these words Come ye sinners, poor and needy, weak and wounded, sick and sore. Jesus, ready, stands to save you, full of pity, love and power. He is able, he is willing, doubt no more. Let not conscience make you linger, nor a fitness fondly dream. All the fitness he requireth is to feel 
your need of him. This he gives you till the Spirit's rising beam. Come ye weary, heavy laden, last and ruined by the fall. If you wait until you're better, you will never come at all. Not the righteous, sinners, Jesus came to call. And I love this refrain that is often brought with this. I will arise and go to Jesus. He will embrace me in his arms, in the arms of my dear Savior. Oh, there are 10,000 charms. Friends, if Christ can and does call the uninterested and undeserved sinner like Matthew, be not dismayed, he can call and save you. Trust in him. So Christ calls us, and he will take us, no matter who we are. So Christ calls us even when we don't have it together. But he also, number two, Jesus calls us to be around those who don't have it together. Jesus calls us to be around those who don't have it together. Verse 11, we read that Jesus is around sinners. And the Pharisees recognize or notice this. And since we've been accepted by Christ, we ought to make ourselves available to those who need Christ as well. When you read Luke's telling of this, he fills in some of the blanks for us. He helps us to see that Matthew, in response to following Jesus, throws a banquet and he puts out invitations to the people. Only ones he knows are other tax collectors and sinners. And they have a meal together and Jesus and his disciples eat with them and draw near. Luke chapter 5, he says, Then Levi hosted a grand banquet for him at his house. Now there was a large crowd of tax collectors and others who were reclining at the table with them. If you read Matthew as a whole, then we see that Jesus eats with sinners often because he accepts sinners where they are, even if he doesn't want them to remain where they are. I think the miracle of Jesus is that Jesus meets and goes to be with sinners and meets them in both an accepting love and a redeeming love or a transforming love. You see, when Jesus, who gives us the example, goes to meet with sinners, he, he brings an accepting love and a transforming love. He accepts them lovingly, knowing that, they're, that they are lost and far from him, knowing that they're going to make mistakes, knowing that they're going to use language that, that we probably wouldn't use, that they're going to dress a different way or going to smell a different way or going to do things that we don't do. But Jesus meets them lovingly and accepts them right where they are. But Jesus loves them in a way that is transforming, that doesn't leave them where they are. That an overwhelming grace calls them not just to stay in the mess that they are in, but instead see someone who's willing to help them walk out of it into greater glory. And we got to be careful because sometimes we, we maybe fall on the 
ditch on one side or the other that we walk in and only give accepting love. When we only give accepting love, accepting of all the, the, the troubles without a redeeming or transforming love, then what do we do? We never see growth in someone. We never show them what could be good for them through Christ's love and, and Christ's law. But also on the other side, if we go to them with just redeeming love or transforming love without accepting love, then it becomes dry, coldless, and frustrating. But Christ shows us an example of those who are willing to go with sinners with an accepting, transforming love. What an amazing miracle that Christ loves in this way. And we see evidence of this. We see evidence of Christ going into the lives of people, going into the sinner's lives, going to people who are far from God, and by his invitation and love, a miracle happens as he calls people to himself, and transformation happens in their lives. We see this wonderful miracle in Matthew's life, but we see this all over. We see one of the other apostles who was called the, the sons of thunder, James and John. Amazingly, if you had that nickname, it wasn't because you were the, like the, the kindest guy on the block, right? The sons of thunder, that you don't get that nickname for anything. But by the transforming nature of Jesus' love, he become, John becomes known as the apostle of love. The arch persecutor of the church, Paul, becomes the greatest missionary and theologian in biblical times. Christians, we must learn and follow Christ's example and not grow cold to those far from God who are different from us, who are rough around the edges or don't have it all together because we should first remind ourselves that we were there, that Christ made and met us there. And in the same way, Jesus, we know, saved us, can save anyone. Jesus warns later to the Pharisees that they've got it all wrong. Remember the question that, he, that they ask? He said, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Now, when he heard this, he said, it's not those who are well need a doctor, but those sick go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Jesus is quoting Hosea 6.6. 6. If we were to jump back into Hosea, in the book of Hosea, the book of Hosea is calling out to an apostate Israel who is, who is maybe still doing some tradition of religion, but their heart has grown cold to, to God and his ways. They, they don't follow him. They don't live for him. They only do what's necessary to put on a facade, but they had lost a heart for God. And so when Jesus quotes this to the Pharisees, he says, go and learn this meaning. What Jesus is explaining to them, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Sacrifice is best known here as dutiful obedience. He's saying it's not just enough to be dutifully obedient if you lose your heart for me. And a heart for me has a heart for people in need. You can't just be dutiful and lose your heart for the lost like I have a heart for the lost. Jesus was saying to the Pharisees, what good is it if, you, if you're first in righteousness but you're lost love? 
we must develop and be careful that we guard ourselves from a cold heart towards people. That we see people who are struggling, who are in need, who are not like us, and that we're not willing to meet them where they are. We must not develop a posture of self-righteousness towards those whom society dismisses, for we know that Jesus came to those who are isolated and despised. And we get to know our own hearts better. We realize in proper perspective that but for the grace of God go I. If it wasn't for Christ coming into our lives, by God putting us around other believers, different circumstances, different upbringing, all of it, our story could be totally different. And we should never put ourselves in a place of judging and putting others down because we know it is only by grace where we are and who we are. So we need to pe meet people where they are and love them with grace because we need to love them because when they get to the end of their sin and they realize it leads to destruction and they're trying to climb their way back out, who are they most likely to come to? The ones who showed them love and welcoming on the way down. Prayerfully, we need to be considering who we're investing in. Let me ask you, who are you investing in that you know that you need to care for them? Maybe you don't agree with everything they do. Maybe, you, maybe you're uh, struggling because you know that they're in sin that, that, it, it, that is harmful for them. But have you left a door open for conversation? Have you shown love and compassion to them where you can? Are you developing relationship with them so that there's dialogue tr going back and forth to the gospel of Jesus Christ? We need to be reminded that God has placed us to meet with those who are far from him. Those of you who are students, maybe there's someone in your class or your grade that maybe your friends wouldn't really want to hang out with or maybe isn't cool to hang out with. I think Jesus would say, maybe those are the first people I would go to, to make a place for them at our table, to make a place for them to feel loved and welcomed. And brothers and sisters, I want to be a church that welcomes sinners with love, that this is the character of who we are and what we are, that we know that we hold fast to the scriptures and what God calls us to do, but there's a place of welcome where people who are not okay can come and be not okay for a little while. You know, a pastor here in Kentucky was trying to really build this up in his church, and, and he was talking about this all the time. He said he really finally saw it change when one of the members of the church had brought her sister who was in a lesbian relationship to church. And that day, it happened to be the uh, communion, Lord's Supper table, and, and he said he stands up and fences the table as he should. This is only for believers in Jesus Christ. If you've, if you've confessed your sin and that you know that you're following his way, that you're a believer who's been baptized, and, and, and the sister who's in the 
relationship, leans over to her sister who's the member and says, I don't, I think he's saying I shouldn't take the Lord's Supper. Which, by God's grace, this member said, you're right, he is telling you that. Don't take it. And so what happens the next day? The pastor gets the strongly worded email that we need to have a meeting. And so this pastor says, I'll be glad to meet with you. I'd love to meet with you and talk to you. And so the meeting starts out, and he, he's talking, talking about family relationships and trying to get it to know her and, and loving her and talking to her. And then she takes a beeline to this issue. She says, okay, I'm here because it's clear that you didn't want me to take the Lord's Supper yesterday. And I want to know, is it because that I'm in a relationship with another woman? And he said, by the grace of God, he said, he looked to her and said, no, you can't take communion because you're lost and going to hell. And that began a conversation over the next three hours of him being able to talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ and the good news of who Jesus is. That yes, the outside of our sin is a major problem for us, but the most important problem is do we know him as Savior and Lord? And there in his office, she gave her life to Jesus. And right there in the chair, she called up the relationship she'd had for 13 years and said, I hate to tell you this, but I've fallen in love with a man, and his name's Jesus. In building that place for people who are not okay, it's okay to not be okay, but we don't want you to stay not okay. Because Jesus is better. C.T. Studd says this, Some people want to live when the sound of a church or chapel bell, but I want to run a rescue shop within a yard of hell. Some of you need today need to repent of your self-righteousness and spend time with people who don't have it all together. Some of us need to change our schedule and make room for more people that we aren't even around anyone who's far from God. And if that's the case, we need to really examine what opportunities can we get through the Lord to get around people who are far from God. Because, brother and sister, we know that Jesus calls us to be around people who are not okay. Because, brother and sister, we are reminded again, Jesus came for sinners, number three. Jesus came for sinners, now when he heard this, I said, it is not those who are well that need a doctor, but those who are sick. For I didn't come to call the righteous, but I came to call sinners. A physician heals the sick. Jesus comes to heal sinners and bring them to righteousness. Jesus came for the explicit reason to show mercy and love in an overabounding way. In 1 Timothy 1.15, this amazing verse, this saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them. You know, during the pandemic, we know that medical doctors online was something available but it ramped up during the pandemic we know that we had availability from our phones or computers to meet with a doctor it was important for uh, for doctors to get to their patients to make sure that they were okay brothers and sisters isn't it good to know that jesus did everything he could to get to those 
who were not okay, who needed him. Jesus goes to show in his sovereign wisdom to seek and save sinners. He came to forgive sin, transform sinners. He founded the church as an ongoing display of his covenant people and an agent to proclaim his truth and manifest his power. And he comes again to bring sin-cleansing, life-transforming work to completion. That's God's plan, and that is the mission of Jesus. So, brother and sister, let us be awestruck the mission of Jesus and him coming to save us but brother and sister will you join the mission of Jesus in the church be Christ's representative to those who are far from God show mercy in how you care for them be bold enough to share the gospel so that they know clearly that it is Jesus who saves not our self-righteousness, not cleaning ourselves up, not even doing good things, but Jesus alone saves us. Today is the gospel for every home at 4 o'clock. We invite you to come as we go out into the neighborhoods, the people that we know are not like us, that, that are maybe different from us, but we know that we have a life-changing message of Jesus, and we long to join them uh, so that they might see Jesus in us. Maybe this week you would join, invite someone into your life group just so that they would be around other Christians who will love them and care for them in the same way that you do, that you would not hold back, and, but instead be up in people's lives who are not okay and invite them to be around people who realize we're not okay and our only hope is Jesus. Invite people to your life group so that they might be loved and hear about Jesus. Brother and sister, would you would close your eyes right now? Just invite you to think of these things as we close. What is the next step that you need to take in following Jesus right now? Do you need to make room for those in your life who are not like you? Do you need to repent because there's an attitude of self-righteousness that you have against certain people? Or certain sins but instead you need to be more like Christ and show mercy do you today maybe need to trust in Christ and give your life to him At the end of our service I'll be at the next steps desk and we can get away privately if we need to if you want to talk more about trusting in Christ or being baptized or connecting to a ministry that you can faithfully follow Jesus whatever step you need to take be reminded that you have been chosen by God to praise him for this miracle and be reminded to be a faithful follower in Jesus name let's pray Heavenly Father we thank you so much for this reminder of the call of Matthew and may we just like Christ in an imperfect way try to do what he can to love those who are far from God May we be overwhelmed by his mercy and grace and love. And may we, in the same way, display that love to others. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand to your feet, and as we sing together, let's just give God a blank check. Whatever it is he's calling us to do, let's say yes.
Savior, I 
watch this video together. Take a number and have a seat or call your number. The grants from the Eliza Broadus offering have an impact here in Louisville because often it's multiple locations that are getting Eliza Broadus money. We get a small grant as an association, like associations all over the state of Kentucky, uh, and we try to just strategically use that more as seed money each year for a particular project that's going on or an opportunity that arises. We know that there's a large refugee community in Louisville. That money helped us to invest to do welcome baskets for the new Afghan refugees that were coming in, kind of the basics to set up their apartments. We tried to do our best. We found out really quickly that teapots were a big thing. The hope is, is that all of that money begins to link together and has an even greater impact across the city in a variety of ways. My name is Mohammad Rafi. I'm from Afghanistan. Uh, since uh, November uh, 2021, uh, me and my family uh, are as a refugee here in the United States. Unfortunately, last year, 2021, August 2021, when we lost our government, when Taliban took place all over Afghanistan, and me and my family, we had to leave Afghanistan because I'm a Christian and uh, I was leading the home church group in Afghanistan since 2009 until 2021. And also I was working with uh, some uh, uh, U.S. Uh, organization and also with some uh, international organization because that uh, I was not able to live in Afghanistan to stay under the control of the Taliban. Unfortunately, they are a terrorist group that they are killing like person like me. After two months at the way, finally in uh, 8 November 2021, I arrived in Louisville. The first week, uh, my coaching team said there is a church we call uh, Walnut Street Baptist Church that they give in food, clothes, and dishes, and some uh, urgent needs material to the Afghan refugee families. I saw many Afghans in the line that they was taking food and they was taking clothes. And actually it was really helpful for Afghans uh, because uh, Almost most of the Afghans, when we left our home country, when we left our place, we was not able to take anything with us. It was taken uh, one month for us to have uh, food stamp and to, or to find job. And this first time, the Walnut Street Church was helping all Afghans. I, as an Afghan refugee, will appreciate the help of all other Afghan refugees from the U.S. government. I'll appreciate from the Louisville Church, from the KDC, from the all, uh, LRBA, that how they help the Afghan refugee in here. Every single church, every single part of our Southern Baptist Network and also other nonprofits all brought something to the table that the other one didn't have. And that was the beautiful picture of us being able to work together, whether it be the KBC, LRBA, or just Walnut Street Baptist, Brooks Baptist, or Hurstbourne Baptist, everybody just coming together to magnify Christ and make sure Christ is known. So it's amazing that here in Kentucky, uh, Commonwealth of Kentucky, we get to reach many people for the Lord through many different ministries. So I encourage you again uh, to pray about giving a generous offering to the Liza Broadus 
uh, a state offering. Uh, there's uh, envelopes out at the table. You can do that electronically. We hope that you'll be uh, able to give to this to support this and many other ministries uh, that we don't have time to watch the videos or talk about. Uh, but God is doing great things to reach people through uh, different ministries supported through KBC Kentucky Baptist Convention and through our local churches and so uh, we're thankful that we can give uh, to this so I encourage you uh, to, con uh, to pray and to give to this state offering. A couple other quick reminders as I mentioned earlier that Gospel to Every Home uh, would be today from 4 to 6 o'clock if you've never gone. We promise you we won't put you out there on your own and have to do it on your, by yourself. You're going to put you together with a veteran and, and uh, someone who has done it before and make sure you feel comfortable. And, and uh, maybe this time you just watch, but with the more people we have means more doors we can knock on, the more people we can touch. So the more the better, four to six today. So we hope to see you at Gospel to Every Home. Uh, also, just to let you know that we'll be having our elementary kids singing on October 30th. Uh, we will uh, have them here in the worship service, and if you'd like them to be a part of that, they're in our kids' ministry right now. They're going to be learning that song, uh, but if you want to get more, what song is it so you can practice at home, uh, you can uh, talk to Christy Reed. She'd be glad to get you that information so that they can sing during our service on October 30th. And on that same day will be our big community outreach we just need to start praying now for the weather uh, that we can have our trunk or treat. But the good news for trunk or treat, we do that rain or shine, indoor or outdoor. Uh, but we hope that many of you would volunteer to do a trunk. Our goal every year is to have about 30 trunks. And it can be a, it can be a pickup truck, a van, a small car, a, a bulldozer, whatever you have. Uh, decorate it up and uh, stand there and hand out candy. Uh, as we will have probably five to six hundred people show up for that event. So we hope that you'll come uh, and uh, be a part of that. Start thinking now of some creative ways to do that and be part of that. Uh, October 30th next week, we'll be doing sign-ups for volunteers. And also donations of candy are welcome. And please do that. And we'll make sure you, you know uh, there's a, a coupon that will go out for Kroger half-price candy. We'll let you all know. Uh, when that happens but it comes quick they don't tell us when it comes it's like a day sale or two day sale and you got to grab it right then so but we'll try to communicate it as best as we can uh, and finally and just after our service we'll have a business meeting so we'll have about 10 minute uh, break and then we'll come together for a business meeting we need you to stay it's an important business meeting and so uh, it shouldn't be too long we only have really two items three items on the agenda so um uh, now is our time as a, to worship through our giving. Uh, we know that we have an awesome opportunity to give to the state offering, but even through our regular offering, ministries just like that are being supported here in Kentucky, uh, in the United States, in North America, in Canada, and the world. And so in our faithful giving, your faithful giving, supports ministries all over the globe. And so we're thankful to do that. So let us pray and take part in this offering uh, right now let me pray heavenly father thank you so much for uh, today and uh, lord thank you for the opportunity knowing you provide us all things lord we pray god knowing this that we cheerfully give back to you that we give a tithe that we give abundantly and generously to your work here at hebron baptist church knowing that you make an eternal worldly impact through our giving so lord we pray 
that you would pray that we would be faithful and that through our generosity you will multiply to meet many needs. In Jesus' name, amen. Sing this together. Savior, you can move the mountain.
for the glory of the risen King. Savior, He can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Savior, He can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Amen. Thank you for singing. It's a joy to be together. Go in Christ.